wanted to say to you was, apart from I'm crying and my eye makeup is running, <laughs> and I, I mean, it's not because I haven't laughed my head off. Some of the time I think I was crying with laughter, but mm. it's such an emotional roller coaster. How on earth do you do it twice on matinee days? <laughs> well, funnily enough, you literally have to just switch off. Um, there are certain mm. songs that I still can't hear without crying myself. Um, and, you know, I've heard him 157 times. So I've now taken to just not even listening because I can't. Uh, apart from when you're on stage and then you can, you can, there's a funeral bit where you can feel it and go there. But if I'm off stage, there's no point crying when I'm off stage. So no. I have to turn my tannoy down. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Make the eye makeup run as well. Yeah. yeah. Today was a matinee day and we were definitely surrounded by the WI, various branches of WI. We were in, in this dress circle and they had banners and they were standing up at the end. And is there a difference? Do you, do you notice that when the WI are in? Or are they always in? No, they're not always in. Um, sometimes they come in bigger groups than others. So um, we do notice when they're in because they laugh at different jokes mm. to the rest of the audience, uh, especially with Mari, who play, who is our WI leader in the show, uh, played by lovely Marion McLaughlin. Um, they, they, there's a bit of ooh going on when she uh, gets on her high horse. Oh, we had that today then. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. So mm. that's why we know the WI were in. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I, I'm sure it goes brilliantly in all different ways uh, every time. Are you the only performer who's actually been in the play in the West End as well as being in the musical? Um, I am the only one of the uh, leads who's done it before. Uh, a lovely lady, Jane Lambert, who plays various parts in the show. Uh, she's also done it before mm. um, and she covers some of the parts now. Uh, so it's yes, her and me. That's, all, that's the only ones. So what's the difference for you? I mean, the point is that you are an all-rounder. You can do it all, can't you? You're a bit of a triple threat. You can't dance. Well, you have to be a double threat, Debbie. You can't be a triple threat. No, exactly. Don't worry, the dancers of the Mm. world are safe. (laughs) But you're a magnificent singer and a brilliant actor. So I could tell you from the audience's point of view probably what the difference is between the play Mm. and the musical, but Mm. what's the difference for you? Well, it's it's completely different. Um, First of all, the structure of this particular musical is different from the structure of the play of the, the story. Uh, the play, the photo shoot happened at the end of the first half and then in the second half it told the story of what happened next. Uh, in the musical, we've got rid of all the what happened next and it's just leading up to the photo shoot. So you get a very empowering sort of story, uh, very inspirational. Um, and I think there are things you can sing and say with music that you can't say with words um you know however lovely and and uh, lyrical it sounds with words if you add that beautiful music underneath it suddenly you ramp up the emotion uh, by a huge amount yeah well that's what i felt as i say with my eye makeup running i can't remember whether i cried through the play or not but not like this the music no. really it, it's not just the actual beauty of the music the words are beautiful but they're point numbers aren't they they're mm. each number tells you something more about a particular one of the girls when you'd expect it to do that. But yeah. in a, such a clever way, I mean, this idea of there being like Scarborough and Kilimanjaro. Yes. These are two wonderful numbers actually sung by Annie. She's the one who loses her husband. The whole story hinges around their relationship. They're so simple, so beautiful mm. thoughts that you might have if you were a, 
a widow or an yeah. you're going to be one. Well, there's one that she sings called Scarborough, mm. and it's so sort of mundane. She's talking about, you know, who's going to help me to to close the back door because it's got a bit of a crack in it, and you, have, you need two people to close it properly. And who's going to help me get the towels off the top shelf because I can't mm. reach them? Who's going to get rid of the spiders from the sink? You know, all that. And that's exactly... You know, it says so much uh, with those very uh, everyday kind of sentiments, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And then the other number that definitely had me yeah. in tears. Oh my God. Uh, that is the one I can't listen mm. to anymore because I've cried too much over it. Uh, that one's called Kilimanjaro, and it's uh, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, it's about having lost someone you loved. Uh, see, I'm going now already just mm. thinking about it. And, it. and it starts with the words, take a three-piece suit a man you loved once wore, take it in a bag to Oxfam, and then walk out the door. Oh. I mean, <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. Climbing Mount Kilimanjaro is a lesser. Is a lesser. Is a lesser exactly. Which is what it's less it's scary. About. Yes. Yeah. So you've you've got that. Am I making it sound like just sort of one continuous weepy? It, it must, not at it's all. Is it? It's so funny. It is. It's hilarious. It's the lines, isn't it? But also the characters. Mm. Um, you know, you've all you're all so distinct. I yeah. mean, obviously you've all got. That backstories that make you feisty or whatever and you're quite a, apparently quite a sad character and yeah without giving too much away but yeah mm. she's a bit of a wallflower my character Ruth yes we do, um, you're the one whose man we don't meet no exactly she's always talking about him but we never actually meet him uh, for good reason we find out later um but she's you know she's one of life's people pleasers she's terribly sweet and she's very loved by the rest of the girls but um, you know, she's she's a bit of a wallflower. I wouldn't say boot of a goose, but she's got a feisty side as well. Mm. You know, when they first bring up the idea of doing the calendar, she's absolutely adamant that that's not going to happen, and gets sort of quite outraged. Um, and then the story is, what happens then? Does she mm. decide to do it or not? You know. Well, I'm not giving anything yeah. away. <laughs> no. And I'm not going to say whether you take anything off. <laughs> <laughs> no, so let's leave that to the yeah. imagination. <laughs> what, actually, it isn't just you who wear wonderfully ordinary clothes. I mean, we're in your dressing room now, and there's yeah. a, we're, we're sitting among sunflowers and, mm -hmm. and real flowers <laughs> and scarves and, and cushions and park bench. I mean, you've made it. It's like an extension of the set, actually. It is. Yeah. But also there's this rail with these wonderfully frumpy dresses on it, about Awful, the opposite of what you, you wear. <laughs> but what, are, what is gorgeous, when will you ever see a musical in the West End full of people wearing unbelievably ordinary clothes? And they're, apparently they're you and me. Yes, middle-aged women yeah, singing that's the most important in frumpy thing clothes. Middle-aged to older women Absolutely. singing and all refreshing. different shapes and sizes. I know. And, and even though we know that's what calendar girls are about, there's just something irresistible about it oh good i'm glad you think mm. that i agree and um, everyone who's come to see the show has said the same thing women men younger older they've all gone wow this is just mm. unlike anything i've ever seen mm. it opens with this brilliant song about well a year in yorkshire really or everyday life in yorkshire which mm. just really roots it grounds it doesn't it i mean mm. it gives it a sense of place and time mm. that you can go back to because obviously the whole point is the calendar will be a year in yorkshire yeah. so the structure is very clever there yes but I, I just wanted to throw this at you. I, I wonder if that could be this year's Christmas number one with you lot Ooh, singing it. Maybe. Or oh, we do have our Christmas number as well. Who wants a yeah. silent night? Well, that's a very one good number indeed. But I th I'm just wondering whether you should think about 
I'm, we've all, all thought mm. about it. <laughs> we are going to do a cast album. Uh, mm. We're not quite sure when. It depends mm. on... So we've got so many um, lovely things coming up uh, for all of us that mm. there's just a question of finding time. But, mm. yeah, there are s- several good numbers, I think, that could think certainly be there's not be a dud one. <laughs> no, mm. no, I agree. Mm. Well, the Christmas number is terrific. Yes, who wants a silent night? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 quite a vampy sort of number. It's well, you're all bit eventually a vamp of some yeah. sort, aren't you? Yes, all, absolutely. All details, yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing I love, and I can't remember whether this is in the play or the film, is there's more than one generation really clearly delineated. The pe- people's teenage kids mm. get together too, and they're difficult, mm. and they're horny, mm. and, and they're sulky, mm. and, and, and it's, part, it's about them too. Now, was that always there? Um, I, to be honest, I have got the world's worst memories. I can't remember whether they were in the film. I suspect not. They definitely weren't in the play. Um, that was a new addition and a very, very welcome one. And we have three fantastic newcomers, one of whom, Ben Hunter, has been nominated for an Olivier Award for Best Supporting Actor. He was wonderful. Um, he really is. His, <laughs> his comic timing is, yeah. to, you know, to be believed. Uh, seem to be believed, that's the word. Uh, and Josh uh, Josh Benson and Chloe May Jackson, mm. who are absolutely fantastic. And as I say, it's their first job. Can you imagine doing this as the first mm. job? They are the most delightful, wonderful um, kids. Kids. They're not really kids, they're grown-ups, but they're, you know, they're yeah, well, acting as kids. They're, I mean, they are kids, well, <laughs> but yeah. they're, they're sort of wise beyond their years. You know, Chloe, I keep saying to Chloe that when I grow up, I'd like to be her. <laughs> <laughs> but is that, it is so lovely to see that dimension of the intergenerational mm. struggles, the single parent. Mm. I mean, you don't want to hear someone saying they're a single parent. You mm. want to see them being it, and we exactly, do. Exactly, yes. And, and, and then you want to see them coming through and coming to some agreement or saying, oh, yeah, well, I was just like that when I was your age and where it got me. And mm. there's a lot of that going on. There's some mm. wonderful lines. There's this wonderful line about Jesus had been a single parent. The Bible would have been different. Absolutely. The thing about this play and, and the thing about life is that we all, every generation thinks they invented rebellion. But actually... Actually, we've all been at it since the beginning of time. So in this in this particular piece, uh, Chris has been a rebel growing up. We find out Cora has been a rebel growing up. And, you know, their kids reflect them. And for generations to come, children will always be their parents' children and will always rebel and hopefully will come round to it in the end. Yeah, so that's this extra dimension that Tim's put in. And yet he did write the original play, so he's he really did. reinvented it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it's people just thought, oh, God, I've got to do this again. I've got to do something <laughs> different. Yeah. yeah. And how's it been like? I mean, did you have you worked? I mean, Gary Barlow has written the music, so do you get a load of tape that fans in as well? <laughs> we do, we do. Yes, definitely. Um, especially on opening night, they they were slightly um, bonkers mm. in a lovely, lovely way. But mm. they were definitely Gary fans, and in fact. Mm. Um, Michelle uh, Dotrice has a line in the play as Jesse, where um, someone in the, from the audience shouted out Gary Barlow, <laughs> <laughs> and there was nothing she could do but just go with it. And she mm. said it was Gary Barlow. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. So I understand that Gary and Tim, you can't see where one ends and the other begins. That the collaboration has been that close. Is that mm. right? Yes, I think so. Um, I think Tim has the idea for the words and everything, and then he sends it off to Gary, and Gary does a bit of music, and he. He sends it back to Tim, and Tim t- fiddles with it and does the words. Tim is also a fantastic musician, um, so he he knows everything. You know, he can do it all. Um, but yes, they're certainly very very close uh, collaborators. And, and did they work a lot with you? Or? Yeah, Tim Tim directed us as well, so mm. he was with us every day. Gary has is so busy that 
he came when he could, which was quite a lot. In fact, he was here just the other day and joined in the warm-up with us. Mm. And uh, believe me, normally we come in, we warm up. It's a sort of physical warm-up thing, mm. like an aerobics thing. And we all mess around and say, how was your day and all the rest of it. Gary Barlow walks on stage, we were all good as gold, <laughs> did all the moves. Doing it for real. Exactly. <laughs> You've got a wonderful stance, which, of course, you lose eventually when you get more bolder. And you sort of stand with your toes turned in, I noticed. Did you? <laughs> Is that just something you know that character? would do or do you work yeah. on that? To be honest I've played this character since 2009 which is the first time I played her uh, in the play version so she is kind of my uh, you know my what do you call her? Uh, alter ego? Oh that's the one alter ego. I know her so well mm. and yes I suppose over the years she's just sort of I've inhabited her more and more um, to the point where yeah I, I mean, I've got a different voice and I've got a different way of moving mm. and all the rest of it and that's actually what I love about acting I can't there are certain actors who are brilliant at being themselves um, you know they just mm. sort of act a, a normal person I can't do that I have to have a comedy limp and a, and a funny voice uh, otherwise I just can't I can't be myself on stage so yes yeah, so whatever I can find for Ruth I will I will add in there Oh, you, oh, you say, whatever I can find, I will add in. Does that mean she's still developing, even after well, all these years? Yes, I mean, she's getting near the end. I don't know quite how much more I can do. But, you know, hopefully we're in this show for another year or more. Um, so just to, as all actors must, make keep it fresh, they will be. And there are every day, you know, you react to different people in different ways. But it's always, I know the essence of Ruth now. Mm. That sounds really pretentious, but you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> Oh, I do. And you, just, you mentioned um, that, that Olivier nomination. There's been mm. loads. Tell me about the others. Well, uh, we've been nominated for Best New, New Musical, uh, which is fantastic. And also, I think for the first time in Olivier nomination history, all six of us, the leading, uh, the, the calendar girls, have been nominated jointly as Best Actress in a, in a musical, uh, which is fantastic. So we're not up against each other. If we win, we all win together, which for a show like this, which is all about women and friendship and solidarity mm. and support, is just the best thing ever. Oh, gosh, I hope you get that. So do mm. I. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful. But when, when are they actually taking place? I think it's April the 9th, but tomorrow mm. we're going to a nominee's lunch, Ooh. canapes and fizz, and uh, we get certificates, oh, excellent. which will be framed, I'm sure, put in oh. the toilet, because I think that's the hip place to put things like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yes, we're all in a bit of a frenzy as to what we're going to wear. Mm. Well, <laughs> but I'm going to wear this. Yeah, you can, go. Yes, well, you can wear yes, You've got your... You've got your walk down dresses, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Or you might just wear the dressing gowns, I think. Or oh, oh, nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Steve said to me, of course, if, if we weren't Jewish, yes, we'd have to, you'd have to join the WI, you'd have to be a Methodist or something. Oh. You need a club to belong to. That's the whole point of these women, that mm. they have got a club to belong to. And in a way, it, it brings the men together as well. Mm. And I think he's right. I think, you know, that that it is a bit like a, a synagogue, not a congregation, community. Mm. It's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, we, we stick together. Yes, I suppose so, like any, any community group. Um, as far as I'm aware, I've never actually been to a WI meeting. I would love to go one day. How come you haven't been? I've time. Oh, <laughs> They've horrified. invited us. I know, mm. me too. But, I, you know, as far as I'm aware, as we do in the show, they, they start mm. by singing Jerusalem, and I think group singing is always mm. a very bonding experience. Mm. Um, and then... 
uh, actually one of my most treasured possessions, uh, the real Calendar Girls, who we all know very well by now, uh, they're all absolutely wonderful mm. ladies. They gave me, they, they had on them a WI brochure as mm. to what's coming up for the coming year, and I was reading it, I was in hysterics, because it is so funny. Actually, one of my most treasured possessions um, was given to me by the real Calendar Girls, who we've all come to know and love very much, uh, which is an actual WI brochure of upcoming events for the year. And um, it's absolutely fascinating. You know, they have talks on, like we have in the show, broccoli, or uh, bring in a purple object, and they have to talk about these purple objects. It's, Seriously? It, it's hysterical. And the real Calendar Girls, they laugh at it, and they, they roll their eyes, but they love it. And it's a bit like, I think, going to shul because, you know, it can be a bit of a chore and it can be a bit, you know, inconvenient. But actually, when you get together and you sing all the songs mm. and you say all the prayers that you all know by heart because you've said them since you were a child, it is a very bonding community experience. Yeah, um, it, it is, isn't it? Yes, yeah. there's also something about you sort of slip into it, don't you? Yeah. Uh, and, it's uh, sort of comforting thing. And it's it? a shared thing, like you say, so you have something in common with the people around you. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, we probably should be comforted by the fact that there's a helicopter circling above. Yeah. We talk, perhaps it's a CST. Yes, let's yeah. say so. Mm. <laughs> looking, looking after us all. Mm. Now, for you, I mean, the whole subject of the play takes on an even more personal note, doesn't mm. it? Because you had had a major cancer episode. I had breast cancer, yes. Mm. And in fact, I was diagnosed on day one of rehearsals for the original play. Mm. So... <laughs> I didn't. No, I wasn't diagnosed. I tell a lie. I was. I found a lump on day one of rehearsals, and then over the next few weeks, months, I was um, scanned and all the rest of it, and then eventually diagnosed. And I did six weeks in the West End of a three-month contract, and I had to leave to have uh, mastectomy and radiotherapy and chemotherapy and all that. Um, and then the producers, who are fantastic, David Pugh and Daphne Rogers, they are the best mm. uh, men in the world. They said to me, come back whenever you're ready. And so I did. I came back on tour several times around the country uh, in the same role. Um, yeah, and I, when I came back, I thought, how on earth did I manage to do this play, which is all about cancer and showing boobs, when I knew that I had cancer and, was a, and it was on my boobs. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was just, I remember feeling the switch that I ha literally had to switch off every night to be able to do the show. Um, and I'm very grateful to it because it, it kind of got me through. Um, but it was the most surreal experience, I have to say. Yeah, and, and now coming back into it again, yeah. I mean, is it, is it easier this time because you, you sort of know where you are? And have you had reconstruction? I haven't had reconstruction. Mm. I might do one day, but at the moment I haven't. Mm. So, in fact, I've also, um, since the cancer, I must be the only cancer patient who actually put on weight uh, during my cancer treatment. But since the cancer, <laughs> I went on a massive diet because I was 23 stone the first time I did mm. the Calendar Girls. Since then, I've lost 10 stone. Actually, more than that. Uh, but anyway, the point is, I've done this role in this show, doing boobs and everything, at 23 stone, at much less than 23 stone, with two boobs and with one boob. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets any easier or any less funny or any less surreal. <laughs> that would be a wonderful place to stop, but I do just want to ask you a bit about touring because you've toured in the play, and of course, mm. this has had quite an extensive tour of the musical before it came into London. It did. We started out in Leeds and Manchester. Leeds is the closest place to where the actual original calendar girls come I was from. going to ask. <laughs> well, I have to say, before we did Leeds, Basically, this show has been workshopped for over the last five years, and I only came on board near the very end. 
where we actually went to Burnsall, to the little village in Yorkshire where all the original calendar girls still live. And we performed the show four times over the course of a weekend uh, in the village hall where they all go to the WI, where John, the husband who sets off the whole story, makes his speech, which inspired the calendar. And I have to tell you, that was the most emotional thing mm. I've ever done in my life because they were all in front of us, all the girls and all their families and all the village. And it was, it was only a 75-seater hall. You know, it was tiny, mm. tiny, tiny. And doing this story in front of the people who it was about was unbelievable. Mm. Um, and we got their blessing to carry on with it. And then we took it to Leeds Grand and Manchester Lowry. And it went down a storm. So what did you do about music for that then? I mean, presumably you couldn't take the full orchestra. No, we <laughs> had a pianist and a drummer and a double bassist. Uh, in and the village hall? Yeah, oh, in the village hall. It must and have then, been incredible. It really mm. was. It was unbelievably uh, emotional. And at the end, uh, every night we were all being floods of tears in the curtain call. Because uh, curtain call as such, we were literally five centimetres away from the front row. Mm. Have they made the, the trip to London to see you here? Oh, several times. <laughs> they were here on gala night and press night. And they turn up every now and then. Mm. And yeah, they're very involved. And they love it. And they all know the words. And they all sing mm. along. We can see them sometimes in the audience singing along. <laughs> We're clapping along. They've seen it many times. My prediction is that we'll soon we're all going to be singing along. I do hope so. Mm. And we are we are planning to do a cast album. Mm, as, as you said. And yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm already sort of... I think the fact that you repeat some of the songs means that, that we do sing. Yeah. And there are lots of buckets for raising money, and that's brilliant too, yeah. and your, there's things being sold. So the musical has its part to play as a campaign, as a money and awareness raiser too, doesn't it? Absolutely. A percentage of every uh, ticket sale goes towards Bloodwise, the um, leukaemia research and other blood cancers charity. Plus we go out after the show and we rattle our buckets and people are so generous. In fact, sometimes we they give us notes so we can't mm. rattle them. We have to sort of <laughs> shake them around a bit. Um, but there's no noise to be had. Um, yeah, so we're constantly raising money for it. And so far the girls have raised, the calendar girls have raised five million pounds i know amazing and we're hoping that over the next uh, year we'll raise even more than that so debbie jason thank you so much for talking to me i don't know quite know whether to call you debbie or ruth <laughs> <laughs> debbie while i'm in my dressing room <laughs> ruth when i'm on stage <laughs>